Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I have Matt Marcus from Eighth Wonder Brewery coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. I know she's a fan favorite, Felice Sloan of SwankyMaven.com. Felice, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. How are you, E? Welcome back to you. Thank you. We're welcoming back. at the, We're coming back at the same darn time. Well, I came back last week. That's right. That's right. Okay. But still easing back into a, a full schedule. Uh, but the, the people demanded... The podcast come back, so the podcast is back. We're back. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one. It has been a rough start to 2019 for Montrose restaurants. We have already lost Pax Americana, Canopy, and the Pass and Provisions. And on June 30th, we are going to lose Indica, the very celebrated fine dining Indian restaurant. Felice, let me just start at the with the most obvious question. Are you an Indica fan? I am. I'm definitely an India fan, and I'm also um, a fan of all the other places that you name. Yeah. The, I mean, these. I try not to get emotionally attached. These all sting to one degree or another, but the Indica closing reminds me a little bit of the Pax Americana closing in the sense that it it was a different restaurant. It's a different restaurant now than it was maybe at the height of its acclaim and popularity. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. The thing that all of these have in common, though, they are, we were talking classics earlier, you know, this is a classic, right? So you look at all the places, I think that's what makes it worse because all the places you name are staples right. and they're classics and pointing out what you said about um, it's changed a little bit. But the I think for me, the thing that stands out with it is because it's so many new, new, new places and everyone wants to go to the new places, we're forgetting about our classics. And that's what makes it hurt a little bit more. Right. I mean, Indica has been around for 18 years, which means it's old enough to vote. Uh, But, you know, when it opened, it was... Anita Jaisinghani's restaurant that she had brought, you know, she she had had a restaurant on the west side out in the memorial area. She had come inside the loop to do this fine dining restaurant, this very cutting edge cuisine. Uh, you know, the, the famous dish back then was the goat brain masala. And so I Googled Indica goat brain masala. Sure enough, Chris Reed, now the barbecue columnist for the Houston Chronicle, mm-hmm. wrote a blog post for the Houston Press about eating it in 2009. Wow. Yeah. That, that Houston Press, the, those Houston Press archives from back in the day are real fun. You get to see who all the little, all of the current food writers who were starting out. Anyway, doesn't matter. But, <laughs> but it, you know, Anita sold the restaurant in 2017 to concentrate on Pondicherry, which, you know, has that location at, in Upper Kirby. And then a sister location in New York City, which right. is very unusual for a Houston restaurant to have a second location in New York City. I think that's the only one. 
Yeah, and so, I heard it does really well. Yeah, it got yeah. two stars from Pete Wells in the New York Times. It is, it, it is, and forgive me, producer Michael Carroll, for this, but it is not fucking around. <laughs> it is, it is, this, it is serious business. Uh, but but so you know, it changed hands. The menu changed. I mean, I got an email from Mickey Kapoor, who owns Kyber, the very long-standing Indian restaurant at on Richmond, right near Kirby who said that he had been operating it recently and that he had added kind of a more mainstream, kept some of the modern stuff like the, the crab samosas and some of that right. kind of stuff, uh, but had, had ditched some of the others. No more goat brain masala. Right. And had kind of rounded it into a more traditional, like some modern, some more traditional Indian food. Um, and I think there's a market for that. I just don't think maybe you can still call it Indica. That's what I was going to say. When you change things so much that is unrecognizable to the the people that used to go, then it's like, why do I need to go back? I mean, there's nostalgia, but you've kind of ruined that because none of they can't even get that right. <laughs> if even if you order off the menu, if I can't still get it, and then you have um, the finer dining aspect of it, a lot of people aren't trying to. There, there's so many places that they can go and get really good what he's created. So, Right. I mean, obviously, you know, this, this has no impact on Pondicherry, right? right. They, they went, Indigan Pondicherry went their separate ways. Pondicherry's doing great. Now, I would say if you are an Indica fan and you are nervous about, well, where am I going to get some of this stuff? I mean, you're probably already familiar with Kieran's. Right. And I, and I have a lot of respect for Chef Kieran and what she's accomplished. But you may not have been to Veranda Progressive Indian Restaurant, right? You love that place. I've I've had two meals I've there and go there. I've had two meals there and really enjoyed it. Uh, had Chef uh, Sunil and his wife Anu on the podcast uh, several weeks ago, so you know you can you can go back and listen to their to their interview. But that's that might be the face of kind of that fine dining, more progressive. I mean, you know, I I love Himalaya. Um, what Kaiser's, I mean, what Kaiser's doing is kind of fusiony, right? But it's totally right? different. The, like, totally it's different. A this is it's a different, very different, yes. yeah. very different atmosphere, very different experience. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I guess Veranda would kind of be my. You would tell people my, to yeah, kind of go give, there. Give, go give Veranda a shot. Yeah, if you're sad about Indica, but yeah. I, but no, I mean, look, a, a groundbreaking restaurant. It earned Anita uh, a James Beard Award semifinalist nomination in 2012, and. It, uh, I mean, you know, the great Sunday brunch, a lot of yeah. people, a lot of celebrations. I mean, if you, you know, there's a period of time if you were going out with vegetarian friends for like a birthday, that's where you, went. that's where you went. Cause yeah. there weren't that many choices. Right. And then it was good. It's good options on the and menu it was delicious. for them and for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can't remember the last. So to the point that I made earlier, um, I'm sad that it's going to be closing more so because it's a classic but I didn't, I can't remember the last time I went because instead of going there, I will go to Kieran's. Right. Yeah. I, right. And, and that's a perfectly, you know, a perfectly legitimate choice. Yeah. All right. Topic number two. The owners of Tejas Chocolate and Barbecue, Texas Monthly's number six ranked Texas barbecue joint in the state. Ooh, 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 ooh Tejas. Are opening a burger joint, Tejas Burger Joint. Because essentially, they they started a couple of months ago. They started doing a Wednesday special 
of a smoked burger where they, they smoke the patty and then they cook it on a griddle and then they hit it with bacon and some smoked cheddar cheese. It's been so successful that they're spinning the burger off into another restaurant and they're going to do, they'll do non-smoked burgers too, right? There's only right. so much smoker capacity, you know, plus shakes and fries and all the usual sides. Um, let me start with the most obvious question. Have you had the Smokehouse Burger? Because I have not. I have not. And it's so funny because the 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 sausage is so good, right? That sausage is that good. That chili relleno sausage right. is kind of famous. Right. So going out there, I'm like thinking, I haven't had the burger. And it has to be a damn good burger that it gets its own restaurant. So I'm thinking I need to get there before the restaurant opens because I'm thinking when, when it's it's funny when I was reading that I'm thinking the burger created its own restaurant. I mean that's pretty that's pretty good. No, I I think what's <laughs> I think what's amazing is I I was talking to Scott Moore Jr. one of the owners for the article I wrote about this on Culture Map. He said Wednesday went from our slowest day of the week to our second busiest after Saturday, all because of the burger, which is what prompted them to think oh we. There's some opportunity here, and I I have to admit I don't I don't I'm not intimately familiar with their restaurant competition up in Tomball, uh, but he described it as a burger desert. That they you know there's no Bernies, there's no Hubcap, yeah, there's agree. no Shake Shack, there's you know there's a Hop Dotty all the way like at Luetta and Two Forty Nine, but that's like a good you're like twenty minutes right. beyond. When that. you say that, when I think about it, he's right. There's I mean, what you got burger? Fieldings in the Woodlands, that's a, which is like a half an hour. Right. You got, and you got that Hop Dottie out in Vintage Park, right. which is like 20 minutes. They're and they're, the, they're, no, they're, they're beyond both of them. Right. right? They're but I'm farther, the even middle, farther in out. In the sense of where burgers, where you may would go. Yeah. They're in the middle of nowhere is where right. they are. Yeah. So I'm thinking I would open a burger spot. Yeah. And they've got a winning recipe and a, and a great formula. And, I, I'm, but no, I'm, I'm with you. I have not had the smokehouse burger again. I, it's a solid, you know, to get there before 11 to be in line so that you can, cause I don't know how many they make. So right. The you got to get there really long. You got to get there early. Well, I'm going to be out there Wednesday. I'm going to be in Huntsville Wednesday. So I may cut my day short. Hopefully no, you, you may know have to start your day in Tomball and then go to Huntsville. Yeah. Or I'm just going to call and say, Hey, can y'all hold me a burger? When this air, this will air after. I need to call and see if they'll hold me a burger because I'm doing this on behalf of you and me. Okay. Maybe that'll work. You think? I. You can try. Yeah. They're okay. very. They're very nice, they're but they also. Nice. But they also take care of the, the customers that are there, so they may not, out of respect for them. Right. No clout. I have no clout. Okay. No clout. But but all right. So the only thing is, I the only thing is, I don't really drive. Like I will drive for barbecue. You and I have driven together yes. all the way to freaking Lano to Cooper's and back in a day yeah. for barbecue. I don't really drive for burgers because I feel like the burger options near me, either here at the mighty Gal Media office near the Galleria or at my apartment in Montrose are so compelling that so like I don't like no matter what I think of Killen's burger or Fielding's Wood Grill or, you know, some of the other high quality Burger options that are out, you know, Guru Burger out in Sugarland. I so I don't know. Are you gonna? Are would you drive for? Would you drive for a Tejas burger? Let me tell you why you need to drive out a, there. Okay. Let me, let me let me just go ahead and cut this. Let's cut through the chase. Yeah. 
when someone creates a whole restaurant behind a burger. Oh, no, I'm going to go try it. But I think once is going to be it for me. But you say that, but you haven't had the burger yet. So if you go and that burger like just it's up there with barbecue, you're driving for the burger. If the burger is as good at being a burger as that chili relleno sausage is at That's being a barbecue sausage. Yes. Yeah. It might it might it might become like a biannual thing. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. OK. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Topic number three. River Oaks District is about to welcome, well, three new restaurants this summer, but but two that we're going to talk about today, Uzo Bay and Lock Bar. These are two concepts from the Baltimore-based Atlas Restaurant Group. It's going into that, it's it's right there on Westheimer. It's it's basically across the driveway from Bisou and right next to Le Colonial. Um. Are you, have you, have you read about this? Are you excited about this? I, I mean, there's, you know, we talk all the time about there's not that many seafood restaurants. Right. So here's two new seafood restaurants, one with kind of a, a global perspective and one with kind of an East Coast seafood tavern vibe. Um, yeah. So let me just throw it to you. What do you think? I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm all about pro seafood. We need more seafood restaurants. So I'm very excited. Um, and then we're getting two with two different vibes. I'm going I mean, you're probably going there having something this week to kind of try it out. So I'm excited about that. Um, I want them to be very successful. One of the things, if they come in here from the East Coast and do better seafood than these uh, restaurants here, I'm going to have an issue with it. That's how I'm, I'm really going to have an issue, and I need everyone to step it up. Because I want them to be successful, but I, you know... Well, I mean, I don't want them to do Gulf Coast seafood, right? Like, I, I don't, don't either. I don't need them to do fried soft shell crabs and no. redfish on the half shell and and you know splack and snapper. Like, I don't, I don't need that from them. But if they have me wanting to go there more than some of the other places that are here, then I'm like, oh, okay, right? I'm like, they're definitely contenders for me. Yeah, and they are definitely coming a little bit for Willie G's the. Mm-hmm. renovated, revived, now at the Post Oak, in the same way that there's kind of a little bit of a, either you're going to Masters or you're going to Steak 48. You know, I think either you're going to go to Willie G's or you're going to go to Uzo Bay. And and to the restaurant's credit, right, they've hired really well. Yeah. Right? They hired Ryan Stute out of uh, Eddie V's out in City Center. He's been there for a long time. And they have Evan Turner, the very talented sommelier, who founded Helen. He's worked all over the city. He was at Emmeline uh, most recently. But but if you're going to have a Greek, a seafood restaurant with a Greek name and some Greek dishes and some Greek wine on the wine list, there, there's literally no person more qualified in the city <laughs> of Houston <laughs> than Evan to talk about to, to help you sell that wine list. So uh, I, I think I always feel like that's important, right? Like, for example... I, I, I really like State of Grace. I think you know State of Grace probably would have been successful no matter what, but Ford Fry's decision to hire Bobby Matos, who was familiar with the local market and and understood the city and knew the suppliers and had relationships and and could hire people and all that kind of right that helped, right? right. Same thing with Uzo Bay and Lockbar, you know, find a couple of talented locals, make them the face of the thing, and turn them loose, and right. then. And then bring in your recipes and your sourcing and your economies of scale to give people, you know, a good experience and a pretty place to dine. 
and and you know there's the that that collaboration no i agree i agree and um i'm just happy to see if we think about the last year because we're gonna talk about um you know seafood later but all these new seafood restaurants are people um reinventing their seafood because there's a void in this market so i'm just i'm very excited about that and i can't wait to see what they do right that we have kind of two different I don't really understand I'll get it when I see it like I've read about it but how they play with each other right like how yeah I I think that will be one of the big questions is like on what occasions will I want to go to Uzo Bay versus when will I want to go to Lock Bar exactly I mean they have different menus so I think that'll dictate it uh to a certain extent but in terms of like what kind of occasions like do you take a date to Uzo Bay versus hanging happy hour at Lock bar. I mean, you know, we we don't know. We're gonna we, but I'm I'm very much looking forward to figuring that out. Yeah, me too. All right, that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurants of the week. You're listening to what's Eric eating? Felice, for our restaurants of the week, I want to talk about a meal we had together and then a meal that I had without you, which is Boo, brutally unfair Eric. of me. Boo! But. <laughs> It's it's in the mix. It needs to be discussed. All right, so let's let's start with tropicales, not tropicales, which is how I read it. Tropicales. Tropicales. Yes, I, I I asked. This is an all day cafe from some people who've done a lot of good work in this town. Uh, David Buer, who's a partner in Greenway Coffee, Blacksmith, Morningstar, Coral Sword, yada yada. Carlos Bellon, who is David's chef partner at Morningstar. He's, he was the, he learned to make the, he literally learned to make the donuts. He has expanded his culinary repertoire. And then uh, Jill Bartolome is the general manager, formerly the uh, chef de cuisine at a key. So just as Jill front of the house instead of Jill cooking. Let me just, I, I mean, I feel like we had a pretty good lunch. At Tropicalis, what did you think? I thought so, too. And it's very interesting. I've heard people talking about it, and they were excited about it. And when you when you walk in, so just walking in, it has a great feel. Um, it's I would, a very pretty restaurant. Right? It's really pretty without being um, untouchable pretty, right? Like where you're, you feel like you got to um, walk and talk slowly and softly and you can't touch anything it's just a pretty place where you want to be in the mix that's what i felt like like i would want to hang out here eat lunch there was people doing work there um the the use of the space they did a very good job of that so as soon as i walked in it was somewhere where i'm like okay i want a coffee i want a drink i want like all you know i can get all that so i was super i love places like that that i i can hang out at Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, as I was walking around, you know, people looked like they were a couple, one table looked like they were having like a little lunch meeting. Another, I saw another guy with a laptop banging away on whatever he was working on. We had some kind of younger student types, like just in for like coffee or, and even what I suspected were some industry types, like hanging out at the bar and having an afternoon cocktail, which full respect to them for that. Right. All that was going on. Yeah, right. all of those things were happening simultaneously in the space. So it's it's very flexible in that sense, which is kind of the ideal, 
you know, and we've had restaurants like this before, right? I mean, the, the most, you know, the most obvious comparison is like Brazil, right? Like you can, you can go to cafe Brazil and you can, you can have coffee and pastries in the morning. You can have lunch. You can stick around for, well, now they have cocktails. You can stick around for wine and beer on the patio. All of those things are in play. This is, this is kind of the, the David, the David and Carlos and, you know, version of that. Um, so we, uh, so we had some tacos, we had some tacos and we had a Cuban sandwich. What did you, what did you think of your tacos? So I had the beef and shrimp and, um, you know, I'm not a saucy girl, even though I'm saucy, I'm not saucy. And I, the shrimp to me weren't my favorite, but I could see, um, it was just a little too saucy for me, but they were fine. Um, the beef, amazing. It was seasoned. It had a nice seasoning on yeah, a it. A nice, bright citrus. Right. It was It was very much, when you think of Tropicalis, like that whole Cuban feel. Um, the flavors just, as soon as you bit into it, just bursting with flavor. Yeah, and they had that kind of, uh, I, you probably didn't use it because you're not saucy, <laughs> but they did give us a little bit of like uh, salsa roja that you could add to it. Um, I probably would have preferred it to be slightly spicier, mm-hmm. but it did, you know, it did kind of round the the flavors of the taco out just a little bit. Uh, but I think as much as I liked the tacos, I really like that Cuban sandwich. I, I think that's that. That's the, like, that's the I don't star. know. I don't know that there's very many places to get a Cuban sandwich in Houston, at least not off the top of my head. So knowing that I can I can have a good one at Tropicalis, that's very appealing to me. Isn't that funny? Because as soon as I looked at the menu, I saw the tacos and we were like, I'm like, oh, definitely tacos. All the way tacos. The the Cuban was an afterthought, right? It was like, well, I think you said, oh, someone said the Cuban's good. I'm like, eh, but these tacos look so great. And boy, was that Cuban. It literally, as good as I thought the tacos were, that's the star. It 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 was It was the star. Yeah, and then the other thing, is I had an avocado cocktail on the menu. It was designed the the men the cocktails on the menu were designed by Kenny Freeman, who worked at Julep for a long time and is a he's been at Bad News. So you know Kenny really knows what he's doing. Those cocktails are are very tasty. Um, and at least for right now, Aaron Lara is is working there, and Aaron has worked like all over the place. Um, pretty sure Bad News Bar. Definitely sure about the passing provisions. May have been at Pax Americana for a minute. He's hopped around a lot. And, but he is just super talented. And you gave him kind of a weird request. Well, and he figured it out. He did. He customized a drink for me. They were, um, I wanted a Caprina and I didn't see any cachaca up there. But he says, hey, don't worry about it. I got you. I'm going to make a Caprina ish. And he, it, it was amazing. It was great. I'm like, okay, Aaron, you you may know a little something about that bar back there. So it was good. It was a good experience. Uh, and then we just because I was kind of feeling it, we finished up with an order of churros. Um, I mean, it's hard to go wrong with fried dough and sugar. It's hard, but people do it all the time. So we're going to go ahead and give them their churro kudos. They, yeah, they got solid it. churro. <laughs> it was very solid. Um, so. 
you'll go back. I will. I will go back. Um, and it's so funny because, you know, during the day I'm in the city, all over the city. I would love to go there and just kind of have my laptop, do some work, make appointments. The only thing that I will say about that was discouraging because that was my second attempt to go there. I went on a Friday night around 6 o'clock and the parking, there's no valet parking. You can't really park on the street over there because of the where it's located. <laughs> right. It's on the corner of Bissonette. <laughs> And Greenbrier, so there's there's no there's or Shepherd rather right there's no parking on the street there's no parking on the street so I did like a uh, five I gave it five minutes trying to wait for people to come out and then I had to abort mission that day so lunchtime we parking was fine when we went though. right we went on Friday afternoon no problem for a late lunch no problems with parking then uh, I went early on a Sunday morning to try the brunch buffet that they no longer offer which is why I'm not going to talk about it in any detail. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I got there at like 930 on a Sunday. No problem parking then. Uh, but certainly, you know, it's 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 a decent sized lot, relatively speaking, for that part of Houston. Yeah. But it's not huge. And so. Yeah, you could you could potentially you, you what you would have to do is go like a block down on either Bissonette or Shepherd, like go to a side street and walk from there. Right. Or Uber which, in or Uber in. Uh, and I, I know, especially in the summer like that, like that, like walk a block or two thing to go to the cafe, like that ain't going to fly. So I get it. Um, it's in like a little mini, like three story mixed use development. And so they're sharing the parking with some offices that are above them. I think it's, it's a reasonable amount of parking, but at, at peak times it might be problematic. It may be problematic. Yes. Um, and then just the one other thing worth sort of noting is that this is a restaurant that's evolving. Right when it opened, it had a steak and a pork chop as kind of like center of uh, center plate dinner entrees. Those are both already gone. So and that they they tried that Sunday brunch buffet for a couple of weeks. That's already over too. So, um, you know, they're still kind of figuring out like exactly what what resonates with their customers, what kind of works for them. But they have a pretty you know they stick to like. The tacos and the coffee and the cocktails, like all of that is already really solid. And that Cuban obviously is very delicious. So they're getting there. It's just, you know, it's just going to, it just may be another right, couple weeks before it's trying to figure it absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So talk about this dinner that um, you went without me. So, so Reef is back. Okay. Right? Reef, it's, it's, it closed. It closed after Hurricane Harvey. It got water in through the roof, which damaged the dining room. And so it closed. And that was almost two years ago, right? It's, it, we're, we're rapidly approaching the two-year anniversary of Hurricane Harvey. Um, but so Brian Caswell is back. He has reopened Reef, which is his signature seafood restaurant. It's, it is currently open for lunch Monday through Friday and dinner Monday through Saturday, but only in the bar. Right, the main dining room. There's still not seats. So if you go in from the entrance and you go to your left to what they they call third bar, that's open, and you can sit there and you can have food and drinks, lunch and dinner. You go to your. You can't go to your right to the main dining room yet. It's not. It's it didn't have any. It, well, when I was there, it didn't have any tables or chairs in it. So, so they're not quite ready. They're, they're ready, yeah. but not quite. They ready. may be, and they may just be limiting seating while they get you know while Brian gets his crew trained and kind of ready to fire because that's a. It's a big space. It's a lot of it's a lot of people to feed when that place is really humming. Um, we had four dishes, 
all were like really great. Uh, tempura soft shell crab with like Vietnamese style pickled vegetables and like a butter bourbon sauce. So you get like oh, the amazing. crunchy, sweet crab with the the acidity of the vegetables and then just that like that hint of like buttery richness you like you just kind of run your fork through it uh we also had the uh east texas caviar appetizer that he did at oxbow seven that i loved uh house fried kennebec potato chips with andouille sausage like a like a comeback kind of style creamy remoulade sauce and then you know caviar so, you know, to get a to get a caviar a composed caviar dish for under twenty bucks, I always feel like you're kinda of getting away with something. And it's just a really it's a really fun way to eat caviar without kind of all the pretense, just like scooping it up with potato chips. Um and then a uh, a vegetable, uh it could be a salad, could be a shared plate, uh romesco and romanesco. So uh essentially cauliflower topped with cheese, again in like a kind of creamy slightly spicy like very rich sauce and then uh snapper and papil which you know so steamed whole snapper um presented table side you know cut the paper open steam comes out he puts it over um like a bunch of like garlic and citrus so like sliced lemons sliced uh sliced grapefruit um obviously that method is designed to keep the fish like nice and moist like very juicy very tasty and also, you know, he wanted it to be kind of hot and and, and steamy and, and everything when it comes to the table. So they 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 took a bunch of comals from El Real, his Tex Mex mm-hmm. restaurant, and they just the paper gets set onto the comal, and so it comes out. You know, it's a spectacle when it comes out because oh, you you, you scissor you scissor open the paper and and all the steam escapes, and it just smells so good. We got the last one of the night on Saturday. Um, which was too bad for the tables on either side of us, both of whom asked about ordering it for themselves. <laughs> Once that, that aroma hit their nose, they're like, what is that? <laughs> and then just a really nice little simple dessert, um, fresh berries with creme fraiche in like a, like a lemongrass broth. Okay. And like in the summer, like all I really want for dessert is like fresh fruit with like something done to it. And so, you know, just that kind of bright, slightly sweet lemongrass um, with the, with the berries and the, and the crimp, like it was perfect. It was like, it was exactly what I, it was exactly what I needed. Um, so very excited to have reef back. Um, excited for Brian. He's, you know, he's on his own now, you know, he and Bill Floyd have severed their business relationship and he's, he's in there with a whole new crew, uh, a whole bunch of new faces and it's an exciting time. And, you know, reef was, you know, we talk about restaurants that have been around for a long time. Uh, in around the same time when you would have thought of Indica as one of Houston's very best restaurants, uh, Reef would have been on that list too. You know, Brian was very much in the vanguard of, you know, only using fish from the Gulf. Right. You know, local, seasonal vegetables. You know, he got he got away from that a little bit. You know, Reef was such a Reef was such a big beast when it was really humming. It was kind of hard, but uh, but he seems. He just seems like rejuvenated. That's and he just good. he seemed like he was in a great mood and good spirits and, and excited to be cooking food for people again. And that so, always makes a difference. It no, it, right. it, it totally makes, does. Happy food tastes a whole lot better. Yeah. When, okay. When the chef's happy. Right. And the chef better, the so. chef struck me as 
you know, happy service. You know, it's a brand new crew, still a work in progress. Like once it got rolling, it was fine, you know, but that initial like, you know, initial just like feeling tables out and getting to people and getting them water and, and, you know, changing silverware and all that, all, all that stuff is a little bit of work in progress. They'll figure that out. Yeah. Um, I have no, I have no doubt, but the, the food is legit. It's, it's Brian's food and it's a reminder of why, you know, he was a food and wine best new chef. He was a James Beard award finalist. He, you know, he was all these things and he's, he's, you know, he's there, he's cooking. Right. It's and exciting. then those two years, I know he's missed it. Right. Like, so. Right. I mean, Oxbow he, seven was supposed to be his thing and then yeah. it didn't, it didn't work out. It happened. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a way for him to reinvent himself. Um, like you say, he felt he felt like he was just rejuvenated and ready. So I'm excited to try it out because I know kind of toward the last couple of years that I had gone, it was a little inconsistent, a little underwhelming. Sometimes it would be great, and then sometimes it would be okay. So I'm excited to to get back in there and check them out. All right. Felice, before you get out of here, what's going on at SwankyMaven.com? Well, you know what? I have a lot of events coming up. Save the date, 720, all about beef, 44 forms. That's all I'm going to tell you. I'm going to throw that out there right there. I like beef. You like beef. Ode to beef. So we're going to give beef some love. That's 720. Save the date. Save the date. All right. Um, Thank you. Thank you. And I'll be right back with Matt Marcus of 8th Wonder Brewery. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? I'm joined this week by Matt Marcus, culinary director for Eighth Wonder Brewery, someone I've known a really long time. Matt, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks for having me, Eric. It's been a, it's uh, I'm doing great. It's hot outside. It's really hot outside. I I I feel like before we jump into this, I should congratulate you. You and your fiance just had a baby. Yes, Louise Naomi Marcus. I liked that she was originally due to be born on May 4th. Yes. And so people would be like, Leia? Leia? And you'd be like, no, but maybe yeah. Jabba. Jabba. And I think we said uh, Baba Fett. Um, <laughs> but oh, and, and uh, I wanted to do Yoda, too, but not this time. Uh, and it said she was born on May 9th, which is my birthday. Yep. Yep. Shares a birthday with the greats. Which is, which is hilarious because people, people confuse us for each other. All the time. I... Just right outside, I'm waiting for the bathroom, and some pretty good-looking girl was like, hey, hey, and I'm, like, waving back at her like she knew me, and I had no clue who she was. But she obviously thought, I, I'm almost positive, because at least once a month, somebody comes up to me and asks me, are you Eric Sandler? It happened to me, and I was waiting in the, like, delivery room, and somebody came up to me, and they were like, hey, Eric, it's good to, why are you here? And so maybe they thought you were having a kid. Right, uh... And if I wear an Eighth Wonder shirt or if I'm like at the, the brewery for an event or something, people are like, oh, hey, man, I just I ate the food on the truck. It was great. Perfect. It's like, no, no. And you did that's one Halloween. Else. You were Matt, Matt Marcus for Halloween. That's right. I, drew, I, uh, I dressed up as you. I bought a, uh, a fish shirt. I bought a fish shirt and, my and an apron and a Cookie Monster hat. Cookie Monster. I used to wear the Cookie Monster hat on the truck. So everybody knows. Um, but so, all right. So we've. That little business aside, um, you know, I do always kind of like to start these interviews with kind of the evolution of people's careers. Mm-hmm. So 
how did you get into cooking? Like, um, you know, as you know, my, my family, we're, we're all, we're good family friends as well. Um, my dad and my grandmother have always, were always great cooks. And I grew up eating in a Jewish community and in, in the Jewish, and you're as a Jew, like you eat your family eats as a family unit. And it's such an important part of uh, yeah. every holiday has its own food. Yes. And it's, uh, it's part of our culture. And so food was always important to me. And uh, I started cooking professionally when I went to military school in Harlingen, Texas. Um, I got a hot skillet, some ground beef, some buns, and was like slaying in burgers in my dorm room. And I got like an outboard fan so it wouldn't stink up the place. And, and then later in my sophomore year, I started um, my mom somehow got me into Brennan's Kitchen, which was at the time, it was probably like 97. And Brennan's Kitchen was like the be- one of the best in Houston. Still is. And, um, and so, so that's like Mark Holly era? Like, no, like this, was, uh, this was heavy hitters in the kitchen. This was Chris Shepard, Randy Evans, uh, Jamie uh, Zelko was in there, um, Oshan, uh, some heavy hitters. So the first people I, I ever worked for were... Randy and Chris, um, and uh, that was that was really cool. So okay, so then you went to culinary school, yeah. And then after that, I had to uh, I, I wanted to go to culinary school and continue my education, so I went to the Culinary Institute of America in New York. Um, I did the four year bachelor degree program there, and then I left there and I wanted to get my baking and pastry degree, and I moved to California, and I got my uh, a baking and pastry pastry certificate from the cia in california so you're like or so you were all right you were really overqualified to open a food truck um yeah i mean but like, i mean but you've had but you had this so you had this whole crazy fine dining thing right because you were you were I, at cyrus a michelin two-star in california and then you worked at the fat duck which mm-hmm. at the time was like one of the best restaurants in the world yeah it was number two when i was working there so from california i wanted to go like i wanted to really push myself and challenge myself so i wanted to go to a three michelin star restaurant and it was important to me that they spoke english really well so i picked the fat duck at the time it was a three michelin star restaurant in bray um it's english countryside uh pretty like there's not much around there besides the restaurant in the city and um so i went out there and i spent about eight months in their research and development kitchen developing his cookbooks um recipes for that year in the in the restaurant and um I spent about eight months there super expensive in london so i decided to move back home i moved back home and i called my friend roy schwarzbell who was working at one of my favorite restaurants in california at the time um cyrus and he was the pastry chef there I called him up and I said, hey, bro, can I can I come stage there and maybe have a job? And he said, of course. So I come, I went to Cyrus and I spent about a year and a half at Cyrus with uh, a couple of other Houstonians. Um, you know, rest in peace, Grant Gordon. He was there at the time when I was there. Uh, we were good friends. And Roy Schwarzapel and currently uh, Jillian Bartolome um, from Tropicala. She was also there. Yeah, we should we should put Roy in context. If, if, I'm sure there's like people listening. They're like, I know that name. He would come back to Houston and open Common Bond. Yes, he like, later. Yes, and now and now he makes the world's most amazing. Oh man, um, Panatone. Panatone. Yeah, yeah. He like went to. I remember when he like went to Italy to train with like the best Panatone maker in the world. But we're talking about me here, not right. No, no, we're talking right. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. It's a sorry. different show. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you so went I to went England. To- you went to California. How did you come back to Houston? 
uh, I wrecked my car in California and I ran out of money. And my mom was like, you know, you should come home. <laughs> and uh, so I came home. It was uh, it was like 2009, pushing 2010. I came home and my buddy. Uh, so first I started working at Tony's. Uh, I spent and because Grant Gordon was there at the time and I spent about four months at Tony's. It wasn't the fit for me. I mean, it's like some of the best food in, in the city, but it just wasn't for me at the time. And I went to uh, and my buddy, Ryan, my business partner, Ryan, who you've had on the show before, Ryan Soroga, approached me and was like, yo, I want to start a food truck with this guy, Alex Vasakitas, who I also knew in high school. So um, we. Okay, so did you know Ryan in high school? How did you know Ryan? I knew Ryan through the Jewish connection because we all know each other, uh, Jewish geography. And then I knew Alex because he was also friends with with us Jews, I guess you could say. He's, he's Greek, but he, he has a lot of Jew Jewish friends. This, uh, We're throwing the word around. It's fine. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, no, no. It's, okay. it's, not, a, it's not an obscenity. It's not like it has no, to be. No, I'm it's Jewish. It's a noun. Right. I can say it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's so. all in the tone. So I get home, and they say, let's start a food truck. He, Alex wants to start Vaslikitas, crazy Jew, I mean, Greek last name. Uh, he wants to start a Greek food truck, and I'm like, nah, let's just do our own thing, and we'll, like, create a menu based on, like, stuff that we like to eat. So we uh, gathered our bar mitzvah money, and, <laughs> and we uh, found a trailer on Craigslist, and we opened up one of the best food trucks in Houston, Eatsy Boys. Yeah, I I think I remember first encountering you grilling chicken apple sausages mm. at the Urban Harvest Farmers Frank weekend. the Pretzel. Yes, Frank the Pretzel and the Farm to Face salad. And we also made an agua fresca. But yes, I I did we did that a while we we were doing pop-ups in Houston uh you know before it was cool. I mean, at the farmers markets and stuff. But um yeah, that's how we got our we, we got our ball rolling. But what really threw us in the stratosphere when with the with the food truck was when we won the St. Arnold's One Pot Showdown, um, and that's what really like gave us our ta- first taste of like press mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. Because at the time, Catherine Shilcut was the food editor of of uh, yeah, she was the food editor for the Houston Press, yeah. and she is also I think she has a lifetime appointment as a judge of the. The one pot showdown. Yeah. So, and her support really like threw us in the stratosphere. And, um, and so we started in 2010, we started parking the truck at a Gore coffee shop. We, we tried to do the whole like nighttime Washington crowd, but like after getting into fights and dealing with people that were very intoxicated, we decided just to p- find one place, park it. And that was a Gore coffee shop. And we, om- we parked there for almost two years. Yeah, I mean, it's worth noting there wasn't a lot of there wasn't like examples for you to follow. Really, you were among the very first of kind of the new school. I mean, there were talk. Obviously, Houston's always had taco trucks, but you were kind of the first of that new school. It's like you and uh, oh, oh my, my pocket pies and uh, Bernie's Burger Bus uh, and let's see, and it was H Town Streets. Those were like that's the right. four on yeah, the yeah. street at the time, and now. I'd like to proclaim that Eatsy Boys is the oldest chef-run food truck in Houston that's gourmet style. Like, there's a ton of taco trucks, and those guys are awesome chefs, but we're, like, the oldest from that wave of, uh, you know, popularity. Right, yeah. You, the truck the truck still exists. It's just, it just, it lives at 8th Wonder now. It's at 8th Wonder now. But we're skipping around the story. Yeah. Should I continue? 
Yeah, go for it. Okay, so we get the truck and then we uh, we 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 hump it out for a good two years before we started decided to open up a brick and mortar. And in this process as well, we're also trying to open up Eighth Wonder Brewery. And but we get the cafe open first, and that opens in about 2013. Yeah, the very very end of 2012, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yes, and we open up the cafe. We had it open for almost two years, and. Um, and eighth wonder was really ramping up and we all needed to be on hands over there. And I, we were just kind of being pulled really thin. So I decided, we decided to close down Eatsy boys cafe and really concentrate on the brewery at the time. Yeah. I'm still mad about that because mm. I loved, I mean, there were so many good, there were so many good dishes at the cafe. I mean, the matzo ball, pho, you had, you, I mean, talk about getting press attention. I think you got, you got a ton of attention for. Matzo ball pho. Yes. The matzo ball pho came to me one night in a late night uh, haze. We'll just call it a haze. And I... We're not, uh, we're not here to question the sources of your inspiration. Yes, 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 yes. And, um, you know, I think it was eating at uh, Pho Bin by night. And I was like, if they just dropped a couple matzo balls in here, it'll be just like Bubby's. And uh, except it's got pho flavors to it. But, yeah. And then, I mean, I remember there was like a... A chicken banh mi, right? With the bomb, like, you always order that. I, I, remember. I ordered yeah. a lot of that. Well, I lived very close, and you had fast Wi-Fi, so I could work. There. Mm, okay, okay. That was it. Was it was very convenient. Okay. And and the ice cream, right? You did all this. You put yeah, that pastry degree awesome. to good use. You did all this. You, I mean, at the time, it was the best cafe suda, Vietnamese coffee ice cream in Houston. Now. Like that's defaulted to cloud 10 because you don't for make sure, it for sure for sure yeah they're killing it over there we did and we did the um the shibley's donut glazed donut yeah. ice cream that was a big hit too yeah we loved uh it was it was a really cool really cool really funky awesome cafe like i think it was a little before its time as far as like serving like out of these out of this world intergalactic planetary mm-hmm. sandwiches before most people were even doing that kind of stuff yeah, you were you were, I mean, you were kind of local foodsy, but a little bit ahead, I guess, or yeah. like kind of contemporaneous. Yes, location wasn't. I mean, the location wasn't maybe ideal for that style of. Food. Maybe not. I feel like something really cool could go there. I don't know why something hasn't, but whatever. Okay, so, all right, so you okay, did the so truck thing, truck thing, cafe thing, kind of came and went, blink and of now- an eye. And now, and now we have the brewery, and the brewery's killing it. Um, I my my role at the brewery is as culinary director, and I help with things from doing the chili cookoffs. We just did last week. We were, I saw you at the Good Dog Hot Dog Chili Cookoff. I do a lot of stuff like that. I help with relationships with the restaurants, making sure that we're on top of going to the best in the in the city and the newest in the city, and making sure that our beers, you know, at the at the places that that count. And um, and working with however these chefs, if they have any questions about pairing or how it should be on the menu, that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And then you like I I I feel like you've kind of hopped in and hopped out of Eighth Wonder being like more or less involved, kind of depending at different times, because like you've done a bunch of consulting, right? Like, for example, you had a you had a run with. James Coney Island. Yeah, that was a six month. It was a dream come true as a Houstonian and a hot dog lover, like working with James Coney Island. I, I did about a six month project with them, just revamping some of their menu items and helping them create a better workflow in their kitchen. Um, we they 
we did a, a hot dog called the Mutt Barkus. That's uh, named after me, Matt Marcus. Um, it was a sausage with uh, a barbecue sausage link with barbecue sauce and coleslaw and some fried jalapenos on top. It was delectable. <laughs> um, and then have you done other consulting? I mean, like, yeah, um, I, I mean, it's not it's not there anymore. I helped work uh, on a restaurant in Katy. What was it called? Um, oh, palette, uh, what was it called? I forget what it was. Called. Oh, yeah, it was for who said. Yeah, I remember that. place. Uh, yeah, it was Hospitality USA. Yeah, um, I for, forget the name. Yeah, I, I did that. That was a little while ago. I help friends out all the time. But I mean, my, my role, I, I definitely um, when the brewery first started, I, I was having problems finding my role what i was going to do there but now it's kind of solidified and helping with events and and just doing doing what i'm doing yeah i i mean and then do i do i recall correctly that you're like invested in one of these poker rooms oh absolutely i get a chance to plug in my poker room uh it's kings and cards poker club it's on west timer um it's uh it's one of the new cool it's poker not clubs. one of the ones that was just shut down for money laundering no it's not one of those um, so come that's, by. That's it's other safe. Jewish guys that yeah, got the other arrested for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm doing that too. I I, I love playing poker. I, I I had I had this daughter Louise a couple weeks ago, or else I would be at the World Series of Poker right now because it's happening right now. Um, playing. Yeah, this also means you can't follow fish around this summer. Ah, my other love, fish. The band Fish, not 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 the food, which I also love. I love all types of fish. But I love the band Fish the most. Trey, Mike, Paige, and John, the best band there is. Uh, it's a funky little jam band out of Vermont. Check yeah, them I, out. I have to, I have to, I don't understand, like, because I remember in the 90s when I was like in high school and college and Fish was a thing, they used to come to Texas. They don't, they don't seem to grace us with their presence really very much anymore. Yeah, they, they just don't have uh, the clientele, the fan base down here. I mean, they, like, you know, I went to the, I went to the Woodland. I, yeah, ninety eight. That was my first show. Um, but and then I and then we we were like mini fish heads just for the weekend because we drove to Austin and saw them again the mm. next night. Oh, a full run. Yeah, Look at you a little a Did little you wear mini tie dye shirt. No. no. Okay, good. But that's so lame. I don't understand how they're. Yeah, I don't understand how this band that's like from the that's another from the nineties really... is like still a th like. How are there still people following them around? They, they've uh, grown and just like restaurants grow, like if you want to stay relevant, uh, you know, just like restaurants, they change their sound and everything like that. They've changed a lot. And, uh, and it's, it's their whole scene. It's inspiring to me. Um, the food scene after the show, when you go into the lot and you see those sweaty hippies cooking those grilled cheese sandwiches, it, uh, it just like melts my heart. Have you been one of those sweaty hippies? Like, I, are you like... Uh, you I've haven't always like, wanted up to a do little it. stand? No, I've always wanted to do it, but I'm too like busy like partying. Have you met them? No. I met I met uh, yes, excuse me. Uh, Mike Gordon came to town about 2 years ago. He's the bassist from Fish. He came to town. I somehow like finagled him to go to Blacksmith and then I got him reservations at Uchi and then he gave them a shout out at the show that night at Numbers. He was like Not bad. I, yeah. No, and that was a perfect Houston day. He was like, if I lived in Houston, I would live right here next to Blacksmith and Uchi. Yeah. Yeah. That's solid. All right. He doesn't sound like that. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, so okay. So you're doing, so you oversee kind of, you don't, you don't cook on the food truck, but you kind of keep an eye on it. No, I've got an amazing team of people on the truck. Um, they, 
they work when it's uh, they 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 haven't done anything that I haven't done, but they work when it's 120 degrees out. Um, they 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 we have literally one flat top, one fryer, uh, and they do on the weekends. They'll do three four hundred covers. Um, it's it's not a glamorous job, but they they I the people that work for me are freaking amazing. And you I still do them. you still do Frank the Pretzel or that's gone? We haven't. Uh, we we really changed the menu a lot since uh, since it moved to Eighth Wonder. We kind of changed it to be more of a bar driven, make you want to really drink drink a lot of beer. Um, we do some loaded fries. Um, our big one of our biggest sellers is our lote fries. Um, they're uh, they're buttered corn on top of our waffle fries with cotija cheese, a uh, hot sauce, lime, and a little green onion. All right, so so obviously, I feel like I I feel obligated to ask you this. You you have this incredible fine dining resume. You're a CIA grad. You've worked at some of the best restaurants in the world. Like, do you miss like restaurant life, like cooking? Do you? Yeah, I mean, every day I, I do. Um, I miss cooking. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping, and and who knows what's in the future for me. Uh, I want, I want to cook again, and I want to. Not, I'm not. That's not that I'm not cooking. I cook every day for my wife and stuff. But, um, but I want to. I'd love to feel the heat of the kitchen again, and I do. I do miss it. Do you get? Do you get offers? Do people are? Do people ever hit you up? Like. I do, I do, I, 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 I get, I get offers, but most of them haven't really been the the right people. Uh, it's most important to me to find a team, just like we did with Eighth Wonder, working with Ryan and Alex. Like we have a symbiotic relationship where we all do different things, and just finding the right team to work with is is the most important thing to me. I mean, do you would you do like? Because, I mean, there's like a there's like a parallel universe where you guys open like. Like a Nancy's Hustle Riel style fancy neighborhood restaurant, right? You're the dream you're with qualified Wonder, to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. the The dream to with Eighth Wonder is to open a restaurant one day. And um, I mean, it's it's. It, I don't think we're going to be doing stuff like Nancy's Hustle, which I would love to do either way. Um, but it's gonna maybe that that'll be the steps for that we'll take to to get to that place. Yeah, I mean, you because Eighth Wonder opened like. Right before it was legal to buy beer at a brewery, right? Yes. The laws changed completely, and that's what made us be able to open the tap room. Right. So, and now, well, now you, now you can sell beer to go. Or, yeah. Or We're about to convert uh, an area of the tap room to, to, to grab and go. Yeah. So, like, special releases, one-off cans like um yeah um most we're going to be doing we're going to be doing growler fills which you'll be able to get the special releases with that but you know mostly the stuff that are seasonal cans and and stuff like that okay yeah um but yes i want to cook but yeah cook but, my but whole you, life but you right i mean because the i guess i guess what i'm saying is like st arnold now has a restaurant carbach has a restaurant buffalo bayou is building a restaurant so it's not it's not unreasonable to think that Eighth Wonder, which is, I mean, we have to say, highly successful. Yes. Um, that, that that would be like a reasonable thing for you to do. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's the goal. We're trying, to, we're trying to get there. We're going to get there. Who do I, do I have to yell at Ryan to make this happen? Like, yes, what do I have to Ryan. do? Yeah, okay. yell at him. <laughs> I'm sure he would love that. Yes. Um, well, Matt, I mean, that, that brings me kind of to the end of my questions, unless there's something else you want to discuss um i don't think so what was the what, what have been your favorite meal in the past week 
I think I see that you're back on your feet, which means I'm, so much to me. And you've been crushing the you've already been crushing the scene. So let me know what you've. Yeah. So I talked about it earlier in the show before you got here. OK, damn. I, I went to Reef on Saturday. Oh, man. And I, I had a wait to get back. I had a really too. nice like four or five dishes at Reef. It's nice to see Brian like back in the kitchen doing what he what he likes to do. I go to Restaurant Depot all the time. And if you go there enough, you're going to see all the chefs in town. And I'm always so surprised who I see there. When I see somebody like Brian Caswell there, I'm like, wow, Brian is fucking putting in the, sorry, Brian is putting in the, in the work. And Brian has always, he's been a huge inspiration to me in Houston and, and what, like, he's always stuck in Houston, which is to have a chef like that in town is, is pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. He's another one of those guys who like left here and traveled the world and kind of did all the you know, worked for the three-star chefs and did all yeah. the things. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, the other place I've, uh, the other place I had a really good meal recently is, uh, at 1751 CN bar. Oh, I cannot wait. I can't wait to go there. It's, it's real good. They look like they have some, some cool stuff happening. Yeah. Lyle and JD who doesn't, I mean, these guys They're are great. Awesome. All right. So I always end these interviews with something I call the lightning round. Yes. Five easy questions, five short answers. Okay. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Matt Marcus, what is your favorite cookbook? Modernist Cuisine. What is the first band you ever saw in concert? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in concert. <laughs> what is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive-thru. Whataburger, number two. Extra cheese. Uh, add, add ketchup with the Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Who is your favorite Houston sports figure, past or present? Um, famous... Fa- uh, um, who is the guy that did the crazy dunks? I don't uh, know. Uh, from the from the Rockets. No, no, the uh, the the um, Turbo. Turbo, is- yes. Turbo is my favorite sports star. That is our first Turbo. All right, and then finally, um, you're going to a pizza place for the first time. What is your go-to pizza order? Oh, uh, pepperoni, pepperoni. That's it. All right. Give us yeah. the, the, how do people follow you? Give us the social media. Give us plug um, wonder. For sure. Yeah. Of course, follow us on, uh, on all f- platforms, eighthwonder.com or excuse me, eighth wonder brewery. Um, and then also ET boys, of course, we're on all plat- platforms at ET boys. Um, my personal one is Maddie five M's. Mm, Maddie mm, is on, on Instagram and it's and- all baby pictures. No, no, no. It's mo- it's mostly fish pictures. That's right. Uh, and um, that's it. That's it. Matt Marcus. That's my name. Matt, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me, Eric. It's been a pleasure. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at eSandler, on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. This is your periodic reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast uh, via the Google Store, via Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And as always, we appreciate your comments and your uh, ratings. But like Katie Nolan always says, only if it's five stars and only if it's nice. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.